Hey guys, welcome back. My name is Shubhak and you're listening to SF Talks. The goal with each of these podcasts is to bring out as much as value at content. Today I have with me Chandrika Vengtesh. She's a mountaineer by profession and has been doing that for quite some time now. Uh she did her bachelor's in computer science engineering. I know it's a complete shift from uh, a technical background to something very adventurous and that's why I've got her on the show because I myself was very inspired by her story. and i have been noticing her uh, and watching her work for a couple of years now and i really wanted to know what exactly she does and how her life is so uh, any kid who is listening to this out there and wants to get into the adventure field this is a podcast my friend that you should be on so let's get chandrika on the show aka chan thank you shubhag <laughs> how are you chan it's been a while for you both of us having a conversation Yeah, it's been a while. Wait, the last time I met you, we were on a Brahmatal trek. Mm. Yeah, and been, and you have lost days, yeah. some weight as well. <laughs> so which oh, me, yeah. which goes on to show that you have been physically very active. Yeah, except for the brief bit in the pandemic. So mm-hmm. I think pandemic, <laughs> I was like a major couch potato. I was like <laughs> eat, sleep, repeat. But then once you're in the outdoors, like you're in the outdoors, like you're in the jam doing the things that you got to do, mm-hmm. lifting the heavy load, hiking up and down, or like, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's all on your body. Right. So I guess one has to like take care of it, and I think it's like a forever process. You can like never stop mm-hmm. not taking care of your body. Yeah, it's something yeah. like brushing your teeth every day, day in day out. There's no stopping yeah. for that. Right. Absolutely. Now, Chandrika, can you please give me a introduction of who Chandrika is and uh, what does she do for a living? All right. So my name is Chandrika Venkatesh, aka Chan. Um, I work as an outdoor educator. That is, my job is to like lead young adults in the outdoors, either hiking or climbing or canoeing. Those are the three outdoor activities that I do. and so sometimes my students or like these young adults are like any students who are just like interested in spending time in the outdoors with the goal of like learning leadership or character building and sometimes i also work with young adults with history of trauma and abuse mm-hmm. and behavioral intervention so the goal is to like um get them outdoors and then help them like identify what they are doing like bring some kind of self awareness into their actions and how they can like support and also like learn to seek support often times the language of seeking support is missing in young people and if you like help them like understand this language it just goes a long way in their lives not just like accepting support but also like coming up ways to like give support to like people around you mm-hmm. and i personally believe that each individual has like a lot of potential to like achieve so many things you just have to like either find it by yourself like there are some people who are like really self motivated and they find things like really easy they can just find that motivation within themselves and like Correct. go at things yeah. but some of us like this they need a nudge like mm. i got a nudge when i was growing up on some some of the amazing people that i know in my life mm-hmm. and i felt like if i can translate this if i can give back to the community by giving similar nudge to like younger people who are still trying to figure what am i what am i doing mm. who am i where do i stand mm-hmm. so i think it's just giving them tools like equipping them with like the right kind of tools to answer these questions and like to navigate about life Mm. That's pretty much the work that I do in a nutshell. Mm. <laughs> Crazy, but um, so when did this thought come into your mind that okay, let's become a, a professional trek leader or a professional mountaineer from someone who had studied in you know a very well known college here in Bangalore, which is Pesit, which means she's a very uh, big nerd, guys, right? And uh, you you can figure out from the way she talks. But uh yeah when did that thought actually come you you passed your engineering and stuff and then did you actually work in IT firm or you directly started working for a company I absolutely had no idea that I was going to be working in the outdoors Mhm I was like a good kid in school 
got good grades, went to a college, did what my parents asked me to do. <laughs> and then I did not really work in the IT, but I did have dreams of like coming to the US, doing my master's, getting mm. a PhD, wow. and then having a house, a dog, a husband. I had all of those dreams. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, I, I was like, I don't think I want to do my master's because one, it's a lot of money that I have to like shell out. And also I felt like, I don't think I want to do a nine to five job because that is what doing a master's and paying off your loan would entail. Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to go work for the startup and the startup work was fun. And then one day I was like, "Mm, this is not challenging me enough. Mm -hmm. And I walked to my manager and I was like, "Uh, listen, I'm going to quit. My manager's like, "Um, you don't make decisions like that. (laughs) Uh, How about you take a week's? holiday go to Bhutan Uh and come back and we will talk about this decision of yours Mm. and like all right like this was when I was 23 years old Mm -hmm. I had never left Bangalore maybe I would have gone on all trips to like Kerala or like some place with my parents but Mm. the thought of going to Bhutan I was like what the hell this is like this is nonsense Mm -hmm. but since I had like a week off Mm. I was like maybe I should do something about this. Mm. That is when I went to Himachal Pradesh. Mm. Like, that is when Meklyard Ganj was picking up momentum and everybody was talking about Meklyard Ganj. I was like, I'm going to go to Meklyard Ganj. And then I left. I packed my bags and I showed up in Meklyard Ganj. That was my first solo trip ever. Wow. First time ever away from home. And so you didn't ask your friends whether you want to join me or something? You just packed your bags no, and left? I just went. Wow. I was like, listen, I have a week off and then if I ask my friends I'll be like oh not this way next week I did not have mind space for that I was like I'm just going yeah and then I went there it was a cloudy day there was a cloud burst there was like hailstorm and then I was like walking down the mountain uh this is really nice cafe I keep forget- I think the illiterati cafe or something I keep forgetting the name but anywho I ate at the cafe and I was like walking back up and then I saw something white brownish in the sky all right i'm like what is that and i stood there for like five minutes and the sky is clear mm-hmm. and then i saw these huge ass mountains <laughs> and I'm like, what the hell like why do we not have these down south this was mm. the first time i ever saw the himalayas mm. i sat there and the next 30 straight minutes i'm weeping wow like at that point in time i had like no concerns i was like I was just, it was, everything was perfect for me, but I could not, not stop weeping. And that's it. I think I just kept going back every two months. Like I want to go back to the mountains. There's like something about the mountains that I want to like go spend time at. And I kept coming back. I think in 2017, January, when I was hiking in Sandakfu, um, I met a trip leader who was leading that trek. And he mentioned to me about Knowles. He's like, so there's this school called Knowles and I want to do an Alaska expedition with them. They're this, this and this. I was like, whoa, what? There are like schools, like outdoor leadership schools, which like take people on trips. So I came back in 2017 from January till the end of October on my work laptop. There's be one tab that said Knowles. Mm. And I read every single article. I was like impressed with the kind of work that they do, the kind of places that they go to. And I've always wanted to travel. Like after I saw the mountains and after I like saw the change that it brought about in me, the kind of people that I met. And I think your perspectives just change. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to continue in that direction. And then... 2017 November I put my papers down saying that's it dude I'm not I'm not doing this Mm. and I applied to Knowles and I did a student course with them a 30-day mountaineering expedition in Alaska and they accepted my application gave me a scholarship wow the June 2018 course and then 2017 December I that was my last working day I think 28th December I took a train to Badami and I climbed in Badami and this was my first ever New Year's outside the house. Wow. I'd never been out of my house for New Year's. So you were already, what, 26 by then? 25? I was 25. Yeah. Uh 
yeah and then 2018 was amazing i did my uh basic mountaineering from hmi in may flew to the us in june did the alaska mountaineering had a great time i watched avalanche while eating my breakfast wow like that is how alaska is wow it's a magical place so you didn't have and to pay anything for that i'm sorry to cut you but you didn't did, did you didn't have to pay anything for the uh, whole trip or was it like completely you had got the scholarship no they did not give me like a 100% scholarship but they gave me like a good so nose courses are kind of expensive mhm because they're one they're also in dollars and two like they're in general expensive even here for the americans why is that in. any reason behind it i guess that is how this institution has been Works. like recreating in the outdoors or like that is how the prices have always been mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so they're like on a little high priced but mm-hmm. then they're also very generous with their scholarships mm-hmm. depending on like what your experience is and like where you're coming from they definitely give out like really good scholarships which nice. at that point in time helped me a lot and mm-hmm. i was like well it's not a lifetime investment and i didn't know i didn't know abc's of mountaineering back mm-hmm. then i still don't think i know a lot of mountaineering mm-hmm. so i was like if nothing comes out of this at least i would have been to alaska like <laughs> that was my intention to like come to the alaska course right i did i met some amazing instructors and i was like oh my god i want to be like them like what should i do to be like them mm-hmm. i think with that question in my heart i think i came back to india worked with um a school back in hyderabad called worldview global who are into like experiential education like learned what it means to like facilitate because learning is easy and talking about all of these things are easy but like getting somebody to like learn like teaching some young people to like do the same things that you're doing yeah is not easy yeah like my mom was a teacher and then she used to like stay up in the night preparing material and all of that i was like what are you doing like this is ridiculous and now when i'm doing the same thing i'm like whoa this is life coming one full circle <laughs> so i really enjoy teaching and it's such an amazing challenge because when you're teaching someone you also learn so much because everyone has like different learning abilities and the way they like receive and process and do things are like so different so that gives me like a unique challenge to like prepare for every time like anywho coming back to why i'm here or how i got here so i came back to india worked with this school and i worked with india hikes that is where i met you yeah and after that i there's another school called the outward bound school they're like oh all the they're almost all the places in the country they're like big network of schools mm-hmm. who are also into outdoor education i worked with them for a year and they do very similar work as nols do but much more like deeper like the roots are deeper the connections are deeper and the demographics are like wide they don't just work with like the white american kids but they also work with like the immigrants right the, people from humble backgrounds and the somalians the mons like the community that they work with is much bigger and i also feel like one can easily do a outward bound course without being stressed about the money as opposed to a nose course like okay. in general mm-hmm. so i love the kind of work outward bound does i'm still associated with them which is in hyderabad um, right you told what's that the outward bound course that happens in hyderabad No, that was Worldview Global. Outward Bound was in the US. Okay. Um I was in Minnesota for a year and I worked in Minnesota leading backpacking, canoeing and um climbing courses. What is canoeing? So, canoeing, it's like a two-person boat. Mhm. And yeah. That is what people here used to like float down a river or paddle some lakes like i had never touched a canoe when i was in bangalore all right wow. and i'm like what is a canoe can i canoe and then it's it's pretty fun yeah Lovely. i learned a lot of things there was like a lot of learning in like the last 3 years mm-hmm. and then while i was here working for outward bound is when the pandemic happened mm. and when everything passed wow and now things opened up and that is when i also applied to nols saying 
I feel like I'm ready to come work for Knowles. Like mm-hmm. I had that kind of confidence saying, mm-hmm. "Ooh, I guess I'm ready now." And I applied, and they accepted my application to like work for them. So Very you do nice. like an instructor course with Knowles, which is like a twenty-one day course where you like hike with a bunch of competent people along with three other instructors, and you're like assessed over the period of like this twenty-one days as to like. What are the skill sets that you bring in? What can you teach? How can you give and receive feedback? A lot of these components. So it's basically assessing the resume that you've given, mm-hmm. and them also like seeing you demonstrate those skills and how are you going to be with students and how are you going to manage the risk because risk management is the biggest thing when you're like in wilderness. And when I say wilderness, this is like pure backcountry where you just rely on your topographic maps. Like you need to know how to read a topo map, how to use a compass, and if shit hits the ceiling, you will have a GPS wow. to back you up. Mm. But you purely rely on your skills only. Wow, man! So risk management is like a number one priority, and we also cross some big rivers, mm-hmm. and so it's like a lot of technique and learning and your ability to like manage yourself and also like. So, do they expect you to already know these skills as a as a trainer, or do they give you that training period that okay you get to learn the technicalities of it? Uh, they generally expect you to know this before you come in. If mm-hmm. you want to be working for a school, they expect you to come with like basic understanding and some kind of skill set. Like you need to know how to navigate. Mm-hmm. Right, that is the number one thing. But you can definitely build on it. Like it's kind of unfair to people to just like show up and know how to navigate. Mm-hmm. And I guess that is where these student courses help. Because when my students like come on these courses and they spend thirty days, they know how a topo map works. Mm-hmm. They learn to read a map. They learn to like do terrain association. They learn to use a compass. So they are going back with like some skills. Like when I did my Knowles course, too, I had absolutely no idea about what a topo map was. Wow. But when I left the course, I had a good idea as to like, whoa, this is where I am on the map. This is how a compass works, and I could still use a use a GPS if things were to go wrong. You cook your own food, you build your own tent, and then you carry everything on your backpack. It's like super sustainable. Mm. But only the packs are slightly heavy. <laughs> But uh, um, so this course is basically only for the students, right? Knowledge is not for someone like let's say uh, a non trekker wants to come just just for a casual trek. They don't do casual treks. I mean, I wouldn't call it casual <laughs> trek. So this is more like a backpacking. So it's for everyone. Like it would not say that oh, it's only for students. We also run like. courses for adults mm-hmm. like this is mostly to help you familiarize with the outdoors and to like you know using the outdoors to like build leadership since this is like the biggest theme our biggest audience are young people we also run courses for like adults who like sometimes do a open enrollment course or we also run courses for veterans mm-hmm. and then but it's like on a much different level so you can if you are somebody who is interested you can always write to them there is room for everybody and outdoors is for everyone so i think this is just like when you are here this is not a luxury trip where somebody <laughs> will carry your backpack for you or cook food for you right everything you will be doing everything, everything. or even the cooking everything even packing your own bag wow and even cooking as well like you'll have to put in and hand and cooking as well yeah We'll provide wow. them with the food. Like we generally pack out food for the thirty days, and we get like rations like every ten days. Either a plane will drop off the food, or like we meet at trailheads where somebody will like drive the food to us. Yeah, one of those two options. So once you're out, you're out for thirty days, like straight, and then you're you go and then days. take a full circle or something like that, cover the map. Yeah. we would like go from one place to another and be picked up at the end point. So we like predetermine the route. and then like oh this is where i'm starting this is where i get dropped off and we'll have two other points where the reration will come in like either a plane will drop it off or like somebody will drive up to you at a trailhead or a horse will come walking to you wow. or somebody will get a horse and is it the same uh, route every time or you keep changing the map no it's different like wow. sometimes it might overlap but it's different for different courses like depending on 
what the age group of my students are and like how competent they are and also what are the learning goals mm-hmm. so we like tweak the routes uh, route accordingly like sometimes if like the learning goal is like achieve something like say building like um say community or like helping them to find strength within their support group like say if i'm working with a school or like say a group like so to give you an example um there was this hockey team that i hiked with so they had a new captain and there were also new players that came into the group so they wanted the existing group to like buy in with their captain and build that relationship so we hiked in the superior hiking trail on the superior hiking trail for like couple weeks mm-hmm. and we did not cover a lot of miles but we spent a lot of time understanding where each one is and trying them to like trust their captain and like also welcome the new um, kids into the group so that way when they go back and like are playing in the field that they still bank on all the experiences that they've been together mm-hmm. like we as instructors try to like create opportunities where the students are slightly stressed mm. and they try to like use each other as resources <laughs> like teach them like minimum skills and then send them on an independent student travel like once you're like confident saying oh i know i've seen these kids like demonstrate how to read a map how to travel safely how to communicate i will let them travel alone for like a day or two and a lot happens then a lot happens <laughs> and even when you're cooking food for each other it is a big deal sometimes like say we have like cook groups of like three people and if the student burns the food that they're cooking they eventually have to eat that food and this is like also saying okay you messed up but that's all right they're going to eat this and the next time you have that you know sense of responsibility saying oh my god i did this mm. my group was like really not happy but mm. they were like to just eat it so the next time i'm cooking i want to be like more reasonable and more careful because mm. i don't want my friends to be hungry <laughs> so that perspective that thought it's very small yeah. but this small change can go a long way Definitely. and this is what like brings so much satisfaction to the kind of work that i do like it's very rewarding very nice man and um, the 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 30 day um, trek or the route that you guys take does it involve mm-hmm. river crossing and mountain climbing and all of that or it's um, just hiking it will involve so it's different in different places if you're hiking here in wyoming which has like big rivers and big mountains sometimes we go up and down the mountains like we cross a mountain pass and like come down and then like go up and when you're doing that you have like a lot of rivers like in the summers the rivers are pretty full because that is when the glacier melt happens and there is like a lot of water so there is like good amount of river river crossings and yeah hiking up a mountain <laughs> now what was your most dangerous experience on a mountain like there was this one time it was not a dangerous experience but this is an experience that changed everything for me mm-hmm. like this was when i was first hiking this was my first ever hike like a proper hike i wanted to hike uh, the goichala pass mm. and that was like my first like straight up and i wanted to hike in the mountains i'm going big <laughs> or not big at all and then um like a week before that i had to leave to goichala i found out somebody died on that trek and i was legit convinced that i am going to die that i'm never going to come back I still even said bye to all my friends and said I think I'm going to die but I'm going to go. And I didn't die like duh. But there was another person on the same hiking group who had a very close call. Mhm. She I think developed a high altitude pulmonary edema and she had to be immediately evacuated. Had the trek leader missed those symptoms even for like couple minutes or next like 20 or 30 minutes she would have died oh my god it was that bad and that is when things changed for me i was like mm, this is not as easy mm. as i thought it is mm-hmm. this is a lot of responsibility this is a lot of training and understanding your body 
that is something that has constantly baffled me like i grew up with absolutely no you know exposure like recreating in the outdoors mm-hmm. and or working out like there was no emphasis on like being physically fit correct but like being in the outdoors and like hanging out with the people that i hang out with i think everybody speaks that language mm. and then at one point or the other you will just like sit and think as to like how am i treating my body because the biggest the only thing that you have with you when you're working in the outdoors is your body if you take that for granted you cannot live in the outdoors and i want to continue to live in the outdoors nice so do you work out now yeah i mean when i'm like out there i don't really work out Correct. but i'm like i when i'm like hiking too i try to like stretch and take care of like my body like every other day i try to like stretch when i'm not like in the back country i try to get in at least two high intensity workouts a week which is no a day wow a day yeah a day <laughs> wow man yeah it feels it feels liberating i think it's wow. i never thought i would be saying this but yeah workout for me is like both physical uh relaxation and also like it's like Man. a mental de-stressor for me like when i'm like really thinking or like when my clouded with thoughts and when i do a workout i'm like whew, i feel like a human i, I have see- like so much energy i need to sweat it out i see a different chain now seriously like from what <laughs> i remember to what i see now and no wonder we have lost all your cheeks chubby cheeks <laughs> <laughs> i mean listen my cheeks are never going to go away that's like something my family has given me it's like my genes <laughs> wow that's so cool so um now coming to the nutrition part how important is that for someone like you know who is in the outdoor extremely so i think i've been learning that with like every minor injury that i go through like protein is extremely important for me mm-hmm. because i put my body through so much so i generally try to <coughs> take a supplement every other day because you I don't try- eat uh, non veg is that the reason why you take supplement or? yeah i do not eat meat mm-hmm. sometimes i try to eat like the food is the biggest challenge for me when i'm working in the us mm. dude i've been craving for chitrana legit <laughs> <Like> chitrana <laughs> and then the number of times i've like rolled my eyes at my dad's uppittu i'm like i will eat uppittu right now <laughs> so that is where oh, i'm yeah. at like food here stresses me and i'm like listen i do not have the time to like make yeah. a meal for myself and like sit down and eat i'll be like i'd rather eat some salad or like some pizza and like be done with it <laughs> but just to like make sure that i'm like you know treating my body right i try to take vitamin supplements mm. and also protein because protein i think one thing i do not know a lot about how body works or how muscles work but i do know when you put a lot of wear and tear on your body your body needs protein to like recuperate it helps like fast in the recuperation and for that protein is my only source mm-hmm. generally the food that we pack for our hiking courses too is like a good balance of protein fat and carbohydrates mm-hmm. when we are traveling in winter we make sure like our food is high on fat because it keeps us warm and also fat burns much faster than carbohydrates to give you energy nice. i can speak the language nice. but not too much <laughs> nice i like that <laughs> yeah So I do have that awareness and I still feel like I do a poor job but then my body reminds me like hey Chan like you've not you've skipped your protein for the last one week I'm like all right knees I hear you I'm going to drink <laughs> So so uh, how many times in a week do you take the protein shake every day Um I try when I'm like in town I try to do every day because there's like a blender I can make a smoothie and things like that When I'm like in the back country generally I like pack like a protein powder which I can just like shake in my water bottle and like chug it down Which protein do you so take? Op- Dude I have no idea. It's a pea protein. Okay. Plant-based protein. Definitely yeah. Got it. So it does the job for me and I also try to eat clean as much as possible. I do not consume dairy because I somehow magically have lost my ability to digest. Wow. Protein. So then what are the so, forms of protein do you take then apart from your protein powder? 
Um, so the perks of being in the US, they have a lot of vegan protein. Yeah. I do not know how much that I buy in when they call it vegan protein. There is like a bunch of like, there is tofu, there is like fake meat, which has this protein, there is soy protein. But I'm like, sometimes I really crave for chicken biryani, okay? <laughs> so you, you, so you, you, uh, you, were you eating meat before? I used to eat chicken and fish before. Uh-huh. I still like eat fish if I catch fish. Okay. Yeah, I don't really like here the when the food that you buy is mostly like pre-packed like yeah. how in Bangalore and in India where you go to a shop and look yeah. at a hen and like I want that hen <laughs> and they clean that hen and give you chicken it doesn't work like that. It's like pre-packed. Yeah. Which is most of the time like frozen or has been sitting there for a while. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't fr- taste like fresh chicken either. So mm-hmm. that is like the biggest reason why I'm like I don't want to be eating any mm-hmm. kind of meat. Mm-hmm. But then fish is something that I still eat and really enjoy provided I catch my fish. Right. So uh, I mean that happens I think only when you're in the outdoors, right? Yeah, so when I'm in the winds or when I'm like fly fishing, I've learned how to fly fish. Wow. So I can now catch a fish, gut it and clean it and wow. cook it. So wow. I can do that. So all that is also part of the training or you just learn it's a different no, skill that you just, learn. I mean you can we teach our kids how to fly fish on a wind wind river trip but this also is like pure recreation. Nice. A lot of people who come out and catch trouts. Uh-huh. And like cook trouts and then build fire, have fun. Chance. The culture is a little different here, yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sure, I'm sure because but um what do you think has changed from the last time that I saw you versus the Chan that I'm talking now? How mature is this Chan versus that and what new experiences or learnings has she got in the last mm-hmm. two, two, two and a half years? Yeah, one of the biggest reasons that I continue to work in the outdoors is the change that I see in myself as an individual. Mm-hmm. Like, I like being challenged. Like, one both physically and also like the thoughts or like the perspectives that I have like when you meet people with from different walks of lives they all have different perspectives and then it helps you like constantly mold and remold the kind of thoughts that you have the way you look at the world the way you like approach life that is like always changing and that feels like I have grown emotionally as a person like I'm like, whoa, this is the problem that I'm facing. Like, I approach it in a completely different way. And even just, like, my outlook on life has changed so much. Like, honestly, if, like, five years ago, back then when I was doing engineering, I had such a parochial approach towards things. Now it is, like, so liberal. Mm -hmm. Like, so liberal. And I'm able to, like, meet where people are at, accept what people are for what they are, like, celebrate them mm-hmm. and just move the fuck on <laughs> i think that is something that i've like realized like mm. so it goes things happen but life just goes on wow and from those big dreams of like doing a master's getting a phd house husband dog card all of that my life is in a backpack like anywhere i go my life is in a backpack i can just like carry my back to like any place live there and just like move on like that is what like blows my mind i was like i did not know i would live out of my backpack like my entire life fits maybe like two backpacks yeah that's like the maximum allowed luggage on an airplane so let's say two backpacks but but this this kind of mindset needs a lot of um you know uh hard kicks in the butt or uh life experiences that you need to go through because um mm-hmm. there will always be some some thought process going on in the mind that that you know the chatterbox keep the, the dialogue keeps going on at the back of your mind saying that oh chan you're being left behind your friends are getting married mm-hmm. blah 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 oh they are in this uh you know position doing something but you're here in the outdoor but how do you just block all of that noise and just be mm-hmm. happy where you are and contented mm-hmm. with happy and actually see the bright side of it and not see the dark side of it or what is not happening in your life? Absolutely. Like I, I too am a victim of all of that chatter, mm-hmm. but that passes really quick. 
and i think that also boils down to what you're chasing in life like i think once you have a clear understanding of hey this is what i want and this is what i'm going to like get at like i want to continue to be doing this in my own way i think something that i've understood in a very beautiful way and also in like a hard way is that we're all like flowers you know mm-hmm. we just bloom when we want to bloom when the time is right like you know what happens when you try to force bloom a flower when you pull its petals down it just dies mm-hmm. but when it blooms it just blooms so i think making peace with that saying that you are who you are mm-hmm. and you are going to take your time to do the things that you have to just being like patient with yourself and giving that love and that you know safe space for yourself and not being too hard on yourself definitely helps mm-hmm. like sometimes i trash talk about myself a lot in my head and i'm like ugh get it together <laughs> and then i'll be like fine i'll bounce back that's always i guess that's like normal for every other person but again i feel like how you deal with it it's very easy to go down that rabbit hole but always keeping inside that this is what i want and do not compare yourself with others mm. i know it's kind of hard because i grew up where my parents were constantly comparing me to my peers mm. like that is how my upbringing was like oh you got 24 how much did your friend get <laughs> like that is how my grades were like the entire i'm like i got 24 on 25 and you still want to know how much she got like what the hell mom <laughs> but that is how it is it's like conditioned in us but i think the biggest challenge is to like consistently trying to break these patterns mm-hmm. and you can only break your pattern if you understand what those patterns are mm. so i think spending that time and outdoors has definitely given that time and space for me to understand who i am and like reflect and constantly do that work i'm like forever working on myself i would not say i'm like oh i know what i'm doing i'm just still figuring out with like every day with every passing course and with like every year that is like whoa i want to go do this whoa i want to go do that mm-hmm. so now that see you you are very intelligent you are a nerd but does that come in handy in in what you're doing and uh, otherwise otherwise also in just generally in life being smart helps absolutely if you're stupid god <laughs> please stay wherever you are <laughs> yeah i think that definitely helps like having an understanding of like where to talk where to keep your mouth shut mm-hmm. who to like build connections with like mm-hmm. what is the right thing that you have to say like i also feel like as a society or as like humans we are like conditioned to always have an opinion but it is fine to not have an opinion like i do not have opinion about a lot of things i am an introvert so which means i keep my mouth shut 90% of the time but the 10% of the time that i talk i'm hard mm-hmm. so i think that is what has really worked for me i'm like observing but this is the fact of life right you will like 100% of the things or you will like absolutely about the other 100% of the things mm-hmm. so what you voice what you don't voice and what you like learn to live with matters a lot like you cannot change everything but what you can definitely change is the way you react to it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that is so then I, i was not like this in school i used to react to everything oh really but like not reacting is it is it brings you so much peace calmness mm-hmm. and i'm like it's okay but let it slide i don't care like life goes <laughs> on so i think that really helps and uh, what is that one thing that the mountains have taught you which which has been very helpful and handy in life i think the very basic thing that mountain has taught me is to like live in the moment mm. because when you're like out there the only thing that you worry about is like am i breathing am i able to move like it's so much associated to like being alive and when i translate this to like my life for me my people are important mm-hmm. like the people that i meet i meet some really amazing people mm-hmm. and the kind of relationship that i share with them is extremely important to me sometimes they are like intimate emotional relationship or like physical relationships but i'm in that moment being able to share that space with them and allow them to be who they are and then 
cherish that memory and like move on mm. sometimes we cross paths again sometimes we don't but mm. what we have learned and created is beautiful and living in that moment is extremely important for me so how does the next 2 to 3 years look like for chandrika the next 2 to 3 years so i'm going to be here till like september or like maybe end of october and then um i'm going to still be in the outdoors like my short answer to that is like i continue to see myself doing the same kind of work both here and in india i still have to figure out what i'm going to be doing in india mm. or mm-hmm. any other place per se but i see myself coming back to the us at least for two other years and i do not know where my personal relationship also is going to take me mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. what that means to me mm-hmm. and to my partner and but this is going to be an integral like. part of your life right whether you get married yes. not get married whatever it is outdoors mm-hmm. is going to be one of your major things that you'll Definitely. be doing in life yes there are like so many things you can do but my outdoor my life is largely going to be involved in things that are in the outdoors mm-hmm. i don't think i can see myself being back in a city mm-hmm. absolutely not Mm-hmm. I miss mm-hmm. Bangalore and the weather mm-hmm. and the coffee but I think I'm ready to sacrifice that for like the outdoors nice very nice so one thing what i've learned from chandrika is uh, the mountain dance you know um uh, so when because in mountains you feel very cold especially in the legs so there's this tap dance that we do with, with the partner so that <laughs> that was a fun stuff that i learned from chandrika uh this was back in 2018 uh but coming back to this do you have any plans of having your own trek company or something <coughs> i do not have plans of having my own trek company but i'm definitely working with a bunch of other amazing people in india to like bring outdoor education to india and make it like much more accessible i guess outdoor education is still present in india but it is not as prevalent as we want it to be mm-hmm. and as accessible it's either with uh people who have like recreated whose parents have recreated in the outdoors before or like climbers or like who go to like really big schools i want to make this accessible to like everybody like make outdoor education a part of like curriculums mm. like where students learn to like associate with nature or like find time find ways to like connect with our roots because it is in us like we were hunters and gatherers we have been nomads for Correct. centuries before we put our roots down so i think all of us have like an innate ability to like connect with the outdoors we just have to like find ways and mediums to do that so we are definitely working on a project like that but i do not know when it would like see <laughs> the day of life um, and 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 uh, for someone let's say who is um dreaming of becoming a mountaineer right um how how good is the financial side of uh, things for this chan yeah if you want to be in the outdoors and seeking to make money this is not the place right you are not going to be paid a lot of money mm. and half the time you won't even get like health insurance and things like that wow but if you are somebody who is like really invested in the kind of work that happens in the outdoors and you want to like continue to like you know grow your comforts in the outdoors that is when you completely transition or i also know a lot of people who hold like full time jobs but also spend so much time in the outdoors they either do like trail running or like climbing or like mountaineering they like work for like an organization for 3 months take like a month off and spend that money you can also balance that but like purely being in the outdoors it's going to be a little challenging as opposed to having like a consistent job that pays you every month i mean you can always come and work in different countries like they pay you better but it's not a great pay either mm-hmm. when you like compare it to like the kind of pay that you would get If I continued my degree, <laughs> yes, I would right. like whoa, yeah. making so much of money. But again, depend boils down to what you're chasing. Exactly, I'm not chasing. Exactly, so, yeah. man. That's what I wanted to ask you. Now, would you say that you're living your dream life, Chan? Because from that girl who was like, okay, US, masters, PhD, husband, blah 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 blah, 
to this do you do you uh, say that you are living your dream life or what is the dream life for you right now um i don't know about dream life but what i can tell you is like i am living my life right now mm-hmm. and it might change tomorrow i might like come up with something really different as like whoa i want to go pursue that so i don't want to like limit myself to doing one thing i want to do like as many things as possible as long as it like amuses me and challenges me so at this point at this minute i absolutely love where i am and what i am doing and how support you are your family members in this my dad is very supportive mm-hmm. like i mean at least this was like an ultimatum i gave him like listen you can either be on my side or you can be on the other side like pick your battle he's <laughs> like i'd rather be on your side than on the other side i'm like that's it i think for me what matters to me is my dad alone and my relatives still like they were like what is wrong with you like she's crazy but i'm like if my dad's on my side yeah. i don't have to like pick any other battle or fight any other battle or explain anything to anybody i'm like say what you got to say and do what you got to do i'm not breaking my head so i remember that. i remember one conversation that you shared <laughs> with your grandmother <laughs> yeah that's fun uh, what would be your advice for um, you know budding mountaineers if they want to take it professionally what would you suggest them i don't stop at anything talk to people i feel like the community in india is growing and so supportive reach out to the people and like ask intentional and meaningful questions please do not ask what should i do do your homework and ask a question such that the answer that i give you is only going to ask me, get you to ask better questions as opposed to like me making decisions for you for you so reach out to the community and do the things that you got to do and be patient mm-hmm. like you will not become like like a really accomplished person overnight you got to like invest the time that energy to like get where you have to get And I guess there are some amazing people doing some really amazing things in India when with respect to adventure sports. Mm-hmm. So I think your community is right there. Reach out to people, and most importantly, get out. Like, don't make goals like in two years I'm gonna go out and climb. Like, get out now. <laughs> like, now is the reality. And does uh, Chan plan to climb uh, mountains like? Um, uh, Everest or K two or Kanchenjunga. Did um there's always been thoughts of climbing Kanchenjunga or Nanda Devi, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'll be able to do that. Or maybe I'll do that when I'm like done with life and be like, okay, I'm ready to die, <laughs> and then I'm gonna go climb. Mm-hmm. But I don't know how I, why I approach everything with saying I think I'm gonna die, die. or this is gonna <laughs> kill me. Like that has been like my go to statement. Mm-hmm. Like. Does, I really do not have big plans. I want to like continue to stay comfortably in the outdoors and go places and then learn the things that it has to offer. But if an opportunity do present that I get to climb a big mountain, I guess I'm going to make a calculated decision. I would not shut doors on it, but I would think about it. And are there any good books on mountains that one can read? Um There are so many books. Like there are like a lot of books. Like one book that has that was really that sh- I don't know. I really like this book and it's also like a documentary. It's called Touching the Void. Mm-hmm. And this is about these two climbers. They're also good friends and they meet with an accident when they're like coming back from the summit. and how this one climber had to cut off the rope of the other climber um caused fall to his death but he doesn't die he crawls back to the camp Ooh. it's a beautiful story Fuck. and it's called touching the yeah i think it's called touching the void my god it's a beautiful book and it's it's like adventure friendship commitment and love like has like so many aspects to it yeah so when are we meeting in person jan maybe november november is when i plan to be back in india mhm and i'm going to be in bangalore for at least couple weeks before i take off to the mountains lovely so maybe then yeah yeah because um uh, jan i think i'm traveling to spain 
So wish I should. Yeah, for a one year master's degree in high performance sports. So I'll be there for you. <laughs> so hopefully we will catch up in December. But any closing statements or any uh, thing that you would like to talk about the mountains to the people who are listening? uh any beginner trek uh people that that should be aware of like because uh, most of the treks that i go to guys people these couples they think it's it's a walk in the park and then they come without preparing and it's so much of a pain in the ass for not only the trek leaders but also to us because we like to you know really climb and i we prepare ourselves and then i go there right and then i'm i'm i'm, I'm i'll have to wait for them to come because of the group so any any suggestion that you would give Yeah definitely I agree on what you're saying like any kind of trek even if it's like climbing up a small hill or a big mountain requires like an intentional training and I think the training is only to you know make yourself comfortable when you're like climbing up that slope and trust me if you're not comfortable you will not enjoy the nature Mm. because the entire time you are busy huffing and puffing <laughs> and you will not be able to like look around and like reap the benefits or like the you know engage in the beauty that nature has to offer so do spend some time you don't have to be like really fit to be in the outdoors mm. you can like still choose your own pace and like still carry the weight that you're carrying but a little bit of training can go a long way in just like being comfortable and enjoying the nature Mm-hmm. And for young people who want to like get out there and like experiment and figure out if it is for you, just get out there and do it. If mm-hmm. it doesn't work out, if you figure out it is not for you, there are plenty options. There's like there's like no one way of doing things. Yeah. There are like a million ways, and do not listen to what your parents have to say. Please. <laughs> yes, man. Absolutely, that's one thing that I would like to say. And. Uh, for me personally mountains are very close because i learned so much on the mountains especially one of the expeditions that i did stoke kangri taught me so much i had mentally given up but uh, when i actually made up my mind and that's when i realized that you know the human mind is so strong like your it if if it makes up a decision then your body will just follow that no matter how exhausted you are so that is something that i have learned and uh, Every time I see a mountain I feel so happy. Uh, I mean, I could have gone there 10 times but every, like you said even McLeod Gunj doing a simple trek like a triund it's a, it's a just 3 4 hours hike. Even that gives you so much of joy. Uh but you like uh, Chan said you need to be present. You can't be having oh I need to make that tax payment or oh, this this client has to give me this much and then you go to the mountains you will not enjoy uh what the mountains or the nature has to offer. So you have to be in the present. But anyways, thank you, Chan. Thanks for your time. Uh, firstly, she has just come back from a thirty-day outing, and she just had a two-day uh, break, and she uh, accepted this invitation. So, firstly, thank you so much, and thanks for sharing all your wisdom and knowledge on this podcast. I hope you had fun. I did. I really enjoy talking about this, and I'm also open to like. answer questions like intentional questions if people have any in the future and help them figure things out i really want to continue to build that community because something that i really believe is in the power of a community yeah. and it can transform so many things for so many people so i'm really glad that i got the opportunity to like share this with the audience that you have and yeah Thank you very much. Thank you, thank you, Chan, and thanks, guys, for listening to the podcast. If it was useful, then please let me know. I will get her again. Maybe after a couple of months, we'll do episode two. Uh, but like she said, please keep the questions specific so that we can, you know, cater to those questions specifically and keep the podcast short. Thank you so much. Until next time, see you guys. Take care. Bye bye.